0: Hey everybody, Chris Havy with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. On this week's episode, we'll flash back to an interview that we did earlier this year with tight end Virgil Green. The former Bronco returns to Denver this Sunday for the first time as an opponent. But first, CBS Sports' Spiro Ditas joins me. We preview Chargers Broncos and look ahead to January. All right, now joined by Spiro Ditas here on Backstage Chargers. And Spiro, we're coming full circle. You called the first preseason game of the year for the Chargers. You'll call the finale on CBS against the Denver Broncos. Was there a moment in training camp or or preseason where you sensed that this team could have a special year?
1: Well, it's funny, Chris. Actually, the last couple of years doing the the preseason games, I, I can recall having conversations with people within the team, people outside the team who cover the league, the chargers on paper have looked like they are a legit contender now for the last two or three years and for whatever reason be it injuries be it some bad breaks you know last year with the the kicking mishaps there always seemed to be something that would drag them down this year despite again having to work through some injuries to key guys uh, and a slow start they've figured it out as the season has gone on and it just seems like finally they're realizing the potential that we all saw in this team over the last couple of years, covering them in the preseason and, um, you know, trying to figure out what they would become. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the with the head coach, uh, with the staff that he's put together. And it's just nice to see them, you know, on the cusp of, of getting back into the postseason.
0: Well, you mentioned Anthony Lynn Spiro and he's the unquestioned leader here back-to-back winning seasons. His first playoff appearance will be this year. In your interactions with Coach Lynn over the past two seasons, what do you think it is about him that makes him such a great fit for this team?
1: Well, you know, I just think, you know, as a player, these guys look at their head coach and, you know, any kind of fakeness or, you know, a lack of authenticity is going to be an issue in in any NFL locker room. I think when you look at Anthony Lynn's path, you know, kind of a blue-collar player, Marginal guy as a player. He was on a couple of championship teams, obviously with Denver. Um, he waited so long to earn his chance to be a head coach. Paid his dues as an assistant. Um, you know, kind of banged around and really had to wait his turn. And and finally to get into this role, I think that resonates with a group of, of men in the NFL. You know, when Anthony Lynn gets up in front of the group, he's a man of few words in some ways, and I just think his personality. Uh, the innate toughness that he brings into an NFL locker room, I think really rubs off on a team. And this team has really taken on his personality. Uh, It didn't take long for that to happen. I think what what you saw from the Chargers last year with that 0-4 start and everyone pouring dirt on them and saying they were done, to be able to turn that thing around and to get them as close as they were to getting into the playoffs last year, I thought was a huge, huge thing. And that really is what started – the turnaround this year. You know, I know they started one to two in this year and had a couple of losses that they had to fight back from, but I really thought the groundwork for this season was laid last year. And, um, I think it starts and ends with Anthony Lynn, the guy he is, his personality, the mindset that he brings to the team, it's rubbed off on the players, and, and they all have bought into what he's selling for sure. And, you know, look, everyone loved Mike McCoy. Uh, Mike McCoy was a terrific offensive mind. Obviously didn't work out, but the one thing they seemed to lack, those teams under Mike, was the toughness that you need, especially at this time of year when you're trying to get into the playoffs and build something as a postseason team. And Anthony Lynn, I think, has filled that void, and uh, he's just done a terrific job. No question, and it really comes down to the, the
0: ability to win close games. and You have to have a franchise quarterback, in, and you certainly have one here, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback in Phillip Rivers Spiro. He enters this game over 4,100 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But even taking the stats out of it, just that ability to win close games, whether it be Pittsburgh, Kansas City, do you think this has been Phillip's best season in year 15?
1: Yeah, you know, it seems like we were saying the same thing last year with that prolific passing game that they had. Uh, but I would agree with that. Um, you know, look, Phillip's had some incredible years. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer. But you spend time with him, you talk to him. The the one driver for Phillip Rivers at this stage of his career is postseason success and and that elusive, you know, Super Bowl pursuit. It's the one thing that separates him from all those other quarterbacks of his generation. And, and we all know how competitive Phillip is. It gnaws at him it's It's the one thing that motivates him at this stage. The accolades are nice, but you can't accomplish any more statistically than than philip rivers has has at this stage of his career I think with the with the team that they've built around him now, you know he's had great receivers in the past he's obviously had the great tight end in gates for the entirety of his career. Now, I just think there's more of an infrastructure. You've got a sound running game with Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know, Austin Eckler had a terrific year last year. I know he's been dealing with injuries uh, this year, but there just seems to be a little bit more. And the big difference, obviously, is the offensive line. Yep. They finally were able to protect Phillip starting last year, and that's obviously continued this year. I think the addition of Pouncey has been incredible. And they've really just given Philip a couple of extra tools and a little bit more support that he had been lacking in certain areas earlier in his career. And it's crazy, you know, you think back all the way I think to 2012, where Philip had a little bit of a dip in his career. And I can remember people at that point saying, you know, I think Phillip's on the downside of his career. We're just starting to maybe see him go down as he's passed that zenith. He was at such a high point for so many years. And now you fast forward, five, six years later, and he's still putting up this kind of production, these kind of numbers. It's wild. I know the NFL has become very prolific with the passing attacks around the league, but uh, Phillip is incredible. Um, It it would be really, really fun to see him finally make a deep run in the postseason and to see what he can do in those big pressure moments, because it's one thing to do it in the regular season and to see this guy operate. I'd love to see him in a big postseason game, you know, maybe on the road needing a drive late to get his team down the field, that that would be really cool to see. And hopefully, yeah. you know, they can stay healthy in key areas and they can make that deep run this year.
0: No doubt. In, in January, around the corner. But first, the Broncos. And let's dig into this matchup really quick. These games tend to be wild cards, Spiro, when you have one team that's out of it kind of playing for pride and then you have another potentially playing for the number one overall seed in the playoffs depending on what happens in Kansas City. Regardless, though, how important do you think it is for the Chargers just to be playing their best ball, having
1: a little bit of momentum going into January? Well, I think it's huge. And look, this is not uh, this is not a team that's been a perennial playoff team for sure. I mean, we all know that it's it's been five years since the Chargers have been a playoff team. So I think, yep. first of all, we, we'll find out just what this team is made of this week. You know, Denver obviously is is no longer in contention for a playoff spot, but I can tell you this much. We talked to Vance Joseph yesterday in our weekly call with him, and the first thing he said was, we're playing to win this week. Uh, we want to prove that we can beat a playoff team. Those were his exact words. So I think if the Chargers go into this game thinking that the Broncos are going to lay down or you know, just rest a bunch of guys and kind of ride off into the sunset, I think they're mistaken. And I think that would show that maybe the Chargers aren't ready for, for what lies ahead to, uh, for them in a couple of weeks once the playoffs start so i think a we find out about the chargers mentality this week and um and you know look denver obviously no philip Lindsey with the injuries but because of the familiarity between the two teams the rivalry you know i think this is a game that the chargers would be foolish to think that the broncos are not coming to win uh it's in denver you know obviously a very tough place to play and let's see what the chargers do you know this is going to be i think a very telling thing um with still so much to play for. I mean, obviously, you know, home field is still an option. The division is still up for grabs, obviously needing some help from Kansas City. But uh, it's going to be an interesting Sunday for sure.
0: Yeah, Anthony Lynn stressed the fact that he's 1-2 and two against the Broncos. The, the Chargers haven't won in Denver since 2013. So to your point, it, when you haven't been in the playoffs, it's just it's important to – close the regular season the right way. And, you know, in the AFC Spiro, you've seen a lot of these teams play. I think there's 128 different playoff scenarios as we enter week 17. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on just a few of these matchups because they could affect the Chargers and where they go. And I know you called that Cincy-Cleveland game last week. Cleveland at Baltimore, that seems to be the most fascinating matchup because you have the wild card of Baker Mayfield and that unconventional offense and punishing defense of the Ravens at home with the chance to win the division.
1: Yeah, you know it's uh we we've experienced Baker Mania now up close and personal a couple of times <laughs> over the last few months. And I tell you what, this kid is uh he's the real deal. You know, we all kind of didn't know what to expect when he took the reins. Uh two or three weeks into the season, but uh, my God, he is um, he's found something with that group. You know, Freddie Kitchens taking over as the offensive coordinator. It, it was the first time being in the city of Cleveland in the month of December for a late-season game that kind of mattered. Yeah. I know that they were mathematically eliminated going into that game last week, but I can tell you, walking the streets, I've never seen so many Cleveland Browns jerseys, you know, tons of number six jerseys on the street, in the stands. There was an energy and something that, that's been lacking in that town for so many years. It's really the first time I've experienced Cleveland uh, for a late-season game that mattered. And uh, it was incredible. You know, let's see what they can do now against the Ravens. Obviously, there's no team hotter in the league right now than Baltimore with that running a game and with that defense. But I'm I'm super fascinated to see what Baker does against that defense because he's playing now with a confidence – that um that obviously we haven't seen from him certainly not as a pro there was a stretch last week Chris where he had he made i think four or five throws back to back consecutively where he was throwing into a really really tight window and he was just kind of flicking it um you know, kind of like you see in the NBA, where a guy's hot and he, you know he can't miss from three. Yeah. He was in one of those zones, and uh, he's really found something, I think, with kitchens and with this particular offensive group that they had. So this is going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, a lot of Browns fans in, in Pittsburgh this weekend, and I'm going to lump these three matchups together. Spirit, you tell me if if you see anything that that kind of stands out to you since he at Pittsburgh, Jacksonville at Houston. And then the Jets at the Patriots. I think there's clear-cut favorites, you know, Pittsburgh, Houston, and New England. Do you see or or sense a potential upset in any of those games?
1: Well, look, if this season has taught us anything, it's that, you know, expect the unexpected. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, It's been wild in so many ways. Um, You know, Pittsburgh has to be kicking themselves. You know, they had those unbelievable wins, that little stretch that they put together, and then to lose last week uh and to lose control of their own destiny has to be just maddening for them. But uh this is the great part about the NFL. You get to this stretch of the year this last week, there's there's always kind of um a couple of intriguing matchups that kind of turn everything upside down. And uh you know, Houston, my God, you know, we had the Texans, I think at week five, they looked completely dead in the water. You know, the Bill O'Brien job security uh reports were out there, you know, this is it for him. Uh, what direction are the Texans going to go in to see what they've done to turn their season around. It's just incredible. I mean, I remember sitting in our our little meeting before that game with Deshaun Watson, he almost felt bad for the guy. You know, he had gotten just crushed the the couple of weeks before he was, his body was hurting him. The team uh, was just going nowhere. JJ Watt really hadn't kind of turned his thing around. You know, there were still questions about him coming back from, uh, from his multiple injuries last year and to see what they've become has been just incredible. So, you know, I don't know what happens in those games this week, but just the fact that some of these teams have been able to fight back, shown incredible resiliency, I just think, you know, shows the, the caliber of player that we have in this league.
0: Final thing for me, Spiro, as we look to the playoffs, what do you think the most important element to the Chargers making a run in January will be?
1: Well, you know, I, I, the one thing that. that we see in the postseason is that at some point, you know, you're you're gonna have to fight adversity. Um because, you know, we go into these matchups, we try to predict what's gonna happen, and there always seems to be something that, that kind of flips the script. And to me, the teams that are able to make deep postseason runs are the teams that are able to perform in the pressurized moments where you need to make a play. Um, you know, we've seen it year in and year out from from Tom Brady in New England. We've seen it from the the teams that are perennial threats at this time of the year, and the Chargers. There there are very few teams that have more talent than the Chargers have on paper and on the field. To me, it's just those moments where they have to make a play. You know, will their defense be able to hold? You know, will Philip be able to to do what he does offensively? Is Melvin Gordon going to be able to stay healthy? Obviously, injuries and, and health is a, is a factor for any team, but to me, it just comes down to those those championship moments where you have to make a play. Your your big players, your big money guys have to be able to to carry the weight and put the team on their back. And to me, that's always what it comes down to. And uh, I just I, I just hope that they get to the point where they're within striking distance in one of those moments and and they can make some plays to win.
0: Well, it's certainly an exciting time here at Costa Mesa. Spiroditas, CBS, can't wait to see you in Denver, bud. Thanks, Chris. Me too. All right, before we get to my conversation with Virgil Green on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota, here's a rare chance for you and a guest to join the Chargers on the field before kickoff. You get two tickets to a game and a special VIP meet and greet with NFL analysts Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah. Enter for the chance to win the Backstage Chargers prize pack by going to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. No purchase necessary. It's open to Southern California area residents 18 and over. This ends January 10th, 2019. Again, go to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. Virgil Green, tight of the Chargers. Virgil, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing very well, man. So let's set the scene for these people.
2: We're we're doing this on a Saturday. It's a bunch of video games for you today, huh? Yeah, you know, getting some gaming in, trying to relax. Take my mind off football a little bit, um, you know, because tomorrow your mind has to just be straight football, nothing else. And uh, playing the video games just helped my mind relax. Is that something that you've done throughout your career, just to kind of stay relaxed on the road? Absolutely, you know. uh, I get a chance to compete outside of football. And uh, it's a different, you know, I'm playing NBA 2K right now. So um, going back to my first love, which was basketball, and live out my my dreams through the through the Xbox, hooping, hooping through the Xbox, hooping and you, through the Xbox. And you do
0: this against your boys too, back east or, play, or back or uh, back Endeavor.
2: Yeah, I play with them, so we're on the same team. It's five of us, so you got to have a, a roster, a full team, not a full team, but you got to have at least five guys. You need a point guard, a shooting guard. Though, you know, and you're all on the same squad, on the same squad, and we're playing against other people in the world. Hold on, man. Okay, I, I'm I'm aging myself right now because I used to play Madden, I used to play 2K back in the day, so now everybody's on one team? I mean, there's game modes that you can do that, and that's the game mode that me and my buddies find to be the most fun. Uh, just putting together a team, seeing what we can do. Typically, we like to have all shooters run a five out, yeah. a point guard who's a playmaker who can get to the rim, pass it out. What t- what teams do you run with? Um, so I don't really run with teams just because I play so much on the, the my career thing, yeah. running with my guys. Uh, but I am a Laker fan. I've been a Laker fan since I was a kid. Um, you know, in the last few years, haven't been so well. And, it's uh, about to change, Virgil. Hopefully, you know, LeBron come in change. there. That's the only way it's a it's a win for me. All
0: right, so take me back to that. So you, your first love was basketball. Absolutely. Wow. So the Lakers, when did you start to become a Laker fan? And, and who, what era was that? Was that Shaq Kobe?
2: Shaq Kobe. And uh, I always tell people, Kobe's the one who taught me how to be a competitor. Just watching how he was on the court um there's nobody like him there's not too many like him Um, the way he competes he's trying to get as many points on you as he can if he can and uh as a competitor that's what you want you want a guy that's gonna uh take over when he has to take over yeah he he wants to crush the competition it's not
0: just about competing it's about dominating
2: exactly and that's what i'm all about too
0: all right, take me through pregame routines and and just kind of what your routine is on the road. You you, you want to kind of kick back on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. What's game day like?
2: Uh, game day, I get as soon as I wake up, my music is going. What do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a wide ver- a variety of things. Uh, my favorite artist is his name is Absol. He's from Carson, California. Uh, nice. I'm a huge big fan of his. Uh, listen to some... I got some... Uh, I just started listening to some Marshmello. Uh, the, uh, what do they call I didn't it?
0: know who he was until a couple months it, ago, what, man. Is that,
2: EDM? Yeah. Some <laughs> electric... I like to get that... Dun, dun, yeah. Get that, you know, going through my head, get my body going, get my... Some electricity going through How my body. How long has
0: Marshmello been in the mix?
2: I have no idea. I just... Honestly, somebody... I saw somebody posted something about their music maybe a year ago, and... I said, let me see what they're about. Yeah. And I started listening to that. It's pretty good. I listened to some Incubus. I listened to Six Sad Little World before every game um, by Incubus. Usually, I watch the Red Rocks um, performance on YouTube just because if you've never seen that performance by Incubus, that Red Rocks performance of Six Sad Little World is ridiculous. Does that get you hyped? It gets me going, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on about the music I listen to because uh, I am a music head, but those are the main things that I, I run through every single Sunday. So Red Rocks—I mean, when you were at Denver, did you ever go up to Red Rocks? I went to a few concerts up there. Uh, it's a great experience uh, in terms of going to a concert. Um, you can see the city behind the stage. Uh, you know, a few times I've been there, you can see a full moon. It's gorgeous up there. It's beautiful.
0: I think I saw bear up there too. So when I was, I I was telling you I was in Denver for like six weeks during training camp a couple of years ago, and my wife and I went up there. And I mean, Red Rocks is just the the nature up in Colorado, man. From Boulder to Red Rocks, it's just it's like unlike anything else, really. It is. Um, So you made that transition from Denver to LA. Uh, What's this year been like for you?
2: Uh, It has. It's just. Been just out of transition. Um, it was a change that I needed. I felt like uh, being in Denver for so long I was co- I got comfortable and I needed to get outside of my comfort zone. And uh, you know, the offense, it, it's not a huge change from what I've been used to over the years, uh, but there are some differences, um, different pieces, different characters. And uh, I, I've enjoyed my journey of getting to know these guys and uh, trying to earn their respect, earn my coach's respect, and uh, show them that I want to be here, I want to compete, and I want to win. Absolutely, and this tight ends room, I mean, since you've been
0: here, Virgil, it's been up and down in that, you know, you were there with Hunter, Hunter got hurt.
2: What's it been like in in that tight ends room now that Antonio's in the mix? You feel like you got another teacher, you got the Zen master in the room, you know. Any questions? We have, we ask, you know, what are you thinking when you see this look? And he knows everything. And not only does he know, you know, what he's seeing out there, he knows what Phil sees out there because the chemistry that they've had over the years is... They've been doing it for so long. Yeah, you're not going to find that too many other places. So he kind of lets us know what Phil is thinking. And um, it's just great to hear his mind. And we've kind of started trying to add some of the things that he does to our routes and things like that.
0: That's great. So right off the top, I mean, this is an opportunity to to learn from one of the greatest tight ends of all time. And and I guess you're, you're in year eight, but you never stop learning. Ever, ever. You never do. Phillip you got to be one of, I didn't look this up, I should have beforehand, but you got to be one of the few that's ever caught passes from both Phillip Rivers and Peyton Manning, yeah. right? What's the difference like of those guys? I mean, obviously, two first ballot Hall of Famers. Peyton,
2: you were there from that one year where he just went nuts. Uh, what was it like playing with Peyton? Uh, you know, it was great. Very smart, very bright, all about football. Um, it seems like there's never a break from football. I can remember... You know, flying back from games, getting back at home at four in the morning, and he's watching film at four o'clock in the morning of our next opponent. Mm. It's like, bro, just give it a rest for a little bit. Just give your minds time to think, but not with him. And that's what makes him, you know, one of the best of all time. And, uh, Philip, you know, it, when I came here, I felt like I was still in the same room with the same person. You know, the way they talk about, you know, protections, the way they talk about route concepts, the things that defenses are doing. Um, eerie, it seems like. It, it, it is eerie, and you're not going to – when you get a quarterback like that, it just makes everything feel so easy, you know, like um, you can – you don't want to relax, but you understand that he's got the keys, he's taking us somewhere, we're just going to let him drive. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, you know, it goes back to what you are saying about Kobe and why you, you grew up
0: idolizing Kobe, just that obsessiveness. And, I mean, those are the guys that are uh, probably a, a nice parallel at the NFL level. A guy like Peyton, you mentioned, 4 a.m., still watching tape. Philip knows this offense like the back of his hand. What's it been like, that that chemistry, and just building that with Philip from the day you started to where you are now?
2: Uh, you know, like I said, it has been a journey, uh, you know, just to – like I said, I always want to earn the respect of my players, of my teammates and the coaches. So um, it just takes time. Uh, you know, that journey has taken time. Uh, you got to go out there. You got to make the plays. Training camp isn't easy. You're tired. You're hurting. But nobody cares. You got to fix it. doesn't things. matter, I, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter at all. You got to find a way to make things work. And I feel like I have done that. Um, you know, I feel like the guys understand that I am here to win and do whatever this team needs me to do to win. And I don't care if it is blocking. I don't care what it what it is, special teams. I just want to win. You see all the weapons that you guys have. You know, Keenan Allen,
0: Tyrell, Travis, Mike, yourself. You got those running backs, and you got the trigger man is Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Philip said that I thought was so interesting during training camp, he, he said that there was like a play in training camp where he he threw an interception and, and it was just miscommunication with Keenan. But he said later in the day, he had like a 10 yard reception. It's kind of a routine play, but he's like, man, that was a breakthrough for me and yeah, Virgil. Yeah. Um, so it, it just seems like the the last few weeks, I mean, you guys are continuing to, to build that
1: rapport.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, we are. And uh, I think throughout the year, it's just going to keep getting better and better, especially watching Antonio and, uh, Like I told Antonio, I'm stealing all your stuff. You know, all your little moves, everything. Why not? Just know (laughs) that I'm stealing it. And it was kind of funny. Today we were watching film, and um, Antonio ran a, a route, and the way he ran it, I immediately knew later in practice when I had that route I was going to do the same thing, and I did do the same thing, and he kind of looked at me I said, yeah, I took that. I got it. I took well, that. It, it, well, why not, though? Yeah. I mean, if, if that's how,
0: how Philip has seen it, yeah. you know, why not take exactly. a page out of that book? Exactly. Virgil, I appreciate you letting me barge in and stop your 2K for a little bit. A little man. bit. you got you to gotta get back to it to get your mind off of football for a day. Ken, thank you enough for joining us, and we'll uh, we'll see you here this week, man. Yes, sir. A pleasure. And that's going to do it. My thanks to Virgil and Spiro for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Now, this is a brand-new podcast, so we need your help to move this up the charts on Apple Podcasts by giving us a rating and review. Please help spread the word. And one last thing before we go, I met a couple brothers, Christian and Adam, at StubHub Center on Saturday at the Ravens game. They said they were big fans of the backstage podcast. That Damien Square was their favorite interview this year. I appreciate you guys listening, and we look forward to seeing you hopefully in the playoffs.